And now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines and simple keywords with Adam joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lena. Happy hump day. Happy Wednesday. All right, because we have a lot to cover, let's get to it. Our keyword news portion of the day, we're going to try to clarify some of these major headlines for our listeners, starting with that NATO summit. This is our first keyword of the day. NATO partnership. So President Yoon has been busy at the NATO summit signing a new partnership agreement with NATO for cooperation in 11 different areas. So what's the latest? Yeah, so certainly a lot of uh, fields to cover with this uh, new partnership, but it's actually an expansion of a previous one mm. that was made with NATO uh, some while back. Now, the partnership is called uh, Individually Tailored Partnership Program, or ITPP for short. It will cover uh, bilateral cooperation in new sectors such as cybersecurity, as well as new technologies, climate change, and the defense industry as well. The agreement was signed at a meeting between uh, President Yoon and the NATO chief, Jens Stoltenberg, in Vilnius, uh, where Yoon is currently uh, at. This is an upgrade, as I said, to the previous what's known as Individual Partnership and Cooperation Programme, which mm. covered seven sectors, and that was signed all the way back in September 2012. Now, Yoon and Stoltenberg stressed the need to institutionalise the framework, in their words, to build, uh, bolster cooperation with the US-led alliance. Uh, Yoon says security... Uh, in the Atlantic and Indo-Pacific regions were inseparable. Uh, Stoltenberg thanked Yoon for joining a condemnation of Russia's aggression against Ukraine, and he added that North Korea's nuclear and missile threats were an important issue that had an impact on NATO and beyond. Uh, now, under the ITPP, the two sides agreed to hold regular working level and senior uh, level talks on political and military affairs. It also calls for uh, South Korea's participation in NATO discussions on emerging technologies and mm. cyber defense. And it also calls for establishing a consultation body to strengthen uh, anti-terrorism capabilities between mm. South Korea uh, and NATO as well. So definitely uh, laying out the framework for mutual cooperation there. President Yoon also had a string of bilateral meetings with world leaders. How did that go? Right. Well, uh, Yoon held consecutive, uh, consecutive uh, bilateral talks with mm. the heads of states from seven NATO member uh, countries. That was just on the first day. They include the leaders of Norway, the Netherlands, Portugal, New Zealand, Hungary, Romania and Sweden. So quite a busy lineup there. Uh, Yoon discussed renewable energy, uh, defence industries and Arctic region research with the Prime Minister of Norway. Uh, with Portugal's PM, you talked about cooperation in the digital field and expanding people-to-people -people exchanges. Uh, Yoon and the uh, Dutch PM discussed global semiconductor supply chain stability and cooperation in the field of AI. Uh, with New Zealand's PM, they reviewed progress in mutual supply chain negotiations within the Indo-Pacific economic framework. Uh, during the meeting with Hungary's PM, they confirmed Hungary's status as Korea's largest investment destination and agreed to expand cooperation in uh, electric vehicles, batteries, as well as science and technology and biotech. Uh, you discussed nuclear cooperation, uh, port developments and defense industries with the president of Romania mm. and with the Swedish prime minister. They exchanged opinions on establishing uh, key supply chains for batteries, rare earth elements and other areas. Uh, and Yoon also emphasized Korea's active support for ending the war in Ukraine uh, and its reconstruction post-war to each head of state. He also requested support from various governments for hosting the 2030 World Expo in Busan, 
and Yoon plans to continue with additional bilateral talks with the leaders of Japan, the most closely watched one that's happening mm. uh, on Wednesday local time, as well as the UK, Finland, uh, Lithuania, uh, Estonia and Slovakia on the mm. second day of the NATO summit. So, of course, a very busy diplomatic schedule uh, continues for mm. President Yoon. And as for the world news coverage on the same NATO summit, we have that coming up in our World Deconstructed portion today. In the meantime, let's take a look at the weather conditions and its effects already. Our second keyword of the day. Torrential rain. So heavy rain warnings were issued in the Seoul metropolitan area and Busan yesterday with advisories issued for most of the nation. We saw a first disaster warning in Seoul yesterday and even a casualty. That's right. Uh, precipitation uh, exceeded, on average, basically 60 millimeters per hour in mm. some capital regions. And uh, she's mentioned the first emergency a disaster text message alerting of extreme heavy rainfall was sent to areas um, in Tongjak and Yongdungpo and Kuro districts, uh, especially in Shindebang. The rain exceeded 72 millimeters uh, per hour, and due to the frequent occurrence of severe flood damage caused by unprecedented heavy rainfall last year, the uh, Korea's weather agency decided to send emergency disaster text. Uh, messages directly without going through uh, the government, basically, starting this summer in the metropolitan area. This is to send, of course, messages as quickly as possible uh, in situations where flooding is anticipated. That's in order to prompt evacuation and prevent damage as quickly as possible. Now, the criteria for extreme heavy rainfall is rainfall that meet both 50 millimeters per hour and 90 millimeters in three hours. Um, even if the rainfall exceeds 72 millimeters per hour, the emergency disaster text message for extreme heavy rainfall is sent. Uh, emergency, uh, these text messages is on a trial operation in the metropolitan area this year, and it will be expanded nationwide in May next year. Mm. Uh, and of course, it didn't go as smoothly as hoped uh, in the first run. Uh, there were some confusions with the first um, disaster text messages that went out. Um, there were some technical issues because there were some messages that were meant to go to other areas that didn't uh. receive it. Uh, there were some mistakes uh, there as technical glitches are what's being cited for that. Uh, and also some people who did receive the messages themselves, they kind of found it hard to understand what mm -hmm. it was talking about, like the definition and criteria of what was meant by heavy rainfall mm -hmm. and what they should do. Uh, of course, uh, some confusion um, there. Uh, meanwhile, the heavy rain itself has left significant damage. Uh, as you mentioned, rescue authorities were inundated with reports of uh, fallen trees, houses, uh, roads, and uh, of course, flooding mm. and banks um, overflowing, of course, with other damage as well. Uh, a 68 year old woman went missing uh, near a stream um, in Pusan as well. So we had the first casualty. There was an elderly man who mm. was reported dead, but uh, his death was cited as not being related to the rain. It was uh, an accidental one. So okay. as, as far as uh, casualties from the rain are concerned, uh, there is one woman who is missing and the search is continuing. All right. With that, we move on to our third keyword of the day. TV license fee. So the cabinet has approved splitting the TV license fee from household electricity bills, a move that could potentially impact the fiscal resources of the state broadcaster. It's already tough, but they got to crunch harder. 
Yeah, so it's a very controversial issue, and there's sure. a lot of protests happening outside of uh, KBS at the moment, and uh, it's uh, the scale of that protest has actually been expanded uh, recently as well. Now, under the revised enforcement ordinance, uh, the 2501 TB licensing fees will no longer be part of the electricity bills. Now, what's interesting is that not a lot of people actually realize that it was tied into the electricity bills in the first place, mm. but onto that in a little bit. Now, the approval came after the Korea Communication Commission uh, amended the enforcement ordinance on the Broadcasting Act last week. It is the biggest change since the billing system uh, was adopted nearly three decades ago. And President Yoon, and of course, he's away on an overseas trip to uh, Lithuania. He electronically approved uh, the revision. Mm -hmm. Now, KBS said before the cabinet meeting that it'll actually go into an emergency management mode. Now, KBS has been the biggest benefactor of the billing system as it takes 91% of that 2501 uh, TV transmission or licensed fee, while 3% goes to the uh, EBS, the Educational Broadcast uh, Broadcaster. Now, the state utility, Korea Electric Power Corporation, takes 6% as a commission on billing households. Now, the transmission fees through the electricity bill accounted for 45% of KBS's uh, revenue last year. For the next three months, they'll continue with the current method of collecting both fees together, so basically a trial run, um, but allow customers who want to pay separately to choose that option. After that, they will fully transition to a separate mm. uh, collection. However, there might be some confusion at the beginning because the method um, for separate collection hasn't been established yet, uh, especially for, say, apartments where electricity bills are kind of combined with uh, wow. management fee. So depending on where you live, what type of residence you have, of course, their kind of billing system for electricity is a bit different. Right. Um, and so that's, of course, going to cause some concerns. Uh, that's why it's kind of on a trial run for three months at the moment. So whether they'll be able to streamline the process within that time um, remains to be seen. But of course, uh, still a lot of backlash over this issue as well. A lot of protests from uh, unions at the KBS uh, are ongoing at the moment and mm. uh, are going to be foreseeably uh, ongoing for the future as well. So, uh, But there you have it. A decision has been made. An mm. announcement will be made um, on that today as well. So, mm. uh, yeah, we'll have to see how all this plays out uh, uh, within three months. For our non-local listeners, just for a little bit of context, I mean, KBS is a public broadcaster, which means mm. that outcry is is from the unions is definitely rooted in the fact that the public has a right to know certain information. KBS is in mm. the forefront of that, and it seems that they want to protect that to a certain extent. Mm. All right. Certainly not the last of it, but for now, let's mm -hmm. move on to our fourth keyword of the day. Poland's battery deals. So with President Yoon set to visit Poland in the coming days, a business delegation from Korea will be heading there as well to discuss strengthening bilateral ties. So what can we expect and what mutual interests will they tackle? Yes, yeah, so I, I did mention the keyword as being battery deals, but a lot more deals are, of course, <laughs> right, going right. to be uh, made there. It's not specific to batteries, but it does play a big part uh, nonetheless. Now, these delegations will include the leaders of uh, LG, uh, Hanwha, and LS Group, as well as other uh, big major companies. Uh, now, LG is, uh, a lot of attention is being paid on LG because uh, its affiliates, including LG Electronics and LG Energy Solution, currently run a total of eight corporations in Poland. LG's production accounts for nearly 2% of Poland's uh, GDP of over $688 billion. Uh, now, in addition, LG Energy Solutions plants 
uh, in a Polish city, uh, Wroclaw is the biggest battery production site in Europe as well. Uh, so, of course, more deals related to battery production. And, of course, uh, that field is going to be anticipated for uh, the uh, when Yoon visits officially uh, in the coming days. Now, Poland is also, of course, known for its defense sector. And Korea and Poland have had these deals in uh, military and um, arms. Mm -hmm. uh, Hanar Aerospace. Space and the Polish government made a pact last August to export the K-9 self-propelled howitzer and signed an additional contract to export multiple rockets to Poland uh, in November. Uh, Hyundai Rotem, which is supplying K-2 Black Panther tanks to Poland, is expecting a contract extension uh, in the second half of this year following its visit to Poland. Uh, construction companies are also anticipating expanded business opportunities. As some Korean companies have already won contracts uh, to build the biggest petrochemical plant uh, in Poland as well. And with Poland launching a nuclear project, uh, MOUs between the two countries are expected in next-generation energy sectors, such as small modular reactors, which Korean companies are highly recognized for as well. So, mm. yes, uh, a lot of deals that are already in place may get extended and and expanded upon and new deals in other sectors will also probably be signed as well. All right, with that, we move on to our final keyword of the day. Republic of Korea. That is our official name, but who calls us that when it seems to be important <laughs> in this topic. <laughs> North Korean leader Kim Jong-un's sister referred to Seoul as the Republic of Korea, South Korea's official name again. In two statements criticizing Seoul, some pundits argue that this might be hostile in nature. So what's the story mm. here? Yeah, so uh, to average uh, person, it might seem, well, why are you getting uh, all caught up in technicalities? Well, <laughs> certainly an inter-Korean uh, relations mm. it's not it doesn't seem like much but it does have some kind of you know underlying kind of uh meanings sure. if you will now as uh, all says this marks the first case in fact in which pyongyang used south korea's full name in an official statement the move appears to indicate that the north may be seeking to deal with south korea as a separate nation in a kind of state-to-state -state relation uh, north korea has long referred to south korea as South Korea, or the South Korean puppet, uh, when it's criticizing the South, as it long claimed to be the sole legitimate government on the Korean peninsula, with the two Koreas being technically uh, at war. But Monday's statement over an alleged intrusion of spy, uh, U.S. spy aircraft into North Korea's uh, airspace reflects a major deviation from this tendency, uh, with the use of expressions like Republic of Korea's Joint Chiefs of Staff and the clans of the mm. Republic of Korea, uh, also on Tuesday, Kim urged the Republic of Korea's military gang to shut their mouth to condemn South Korea for its earlier statement defending the U.S. spy aircraft. Uh, watchers say the move was likely intentional. Um, now, there was a 1991 agreement uh, defined uh, that defined inter-Korean relations as a special interim relationship stemming from the process toward unification rather than a traditional uh, relationship between separate states. Mm. Now, North Korea has actually occasionally used the term Republic in Korea in rare instances. These include when South Korea is quoted in third-party statements or when joint statements are issued following uh, inter-Korean summits and talks. So when there were kind of friendly kind of um, atmosphere, that name was used sometimes, but of course, not the case this time. All right, so we'll have to wait and see what that implies. Pundits will, will have their two cents and we'll talk about it on the program. In the meantime, thank you very much, Adam. Stay dry. We'll see you tomorrow. You're very welcome. Stay dry. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input.
See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.